And welcome back to another episode of Men of Divine Mercy. This is the Men of Divine Mercy podcast. I'm Mark Carey. And I'm Tom Clasby. And today we're going to talk about what a lot of folks in the men's group have been asking about. We're going to talk about the rosary. But before we do that, Tom, I'm going to ask you to open us up with a prayer and we'll close with a prayer as well. Well, I'm going to do something a little bit different, as you know, but a lot of the listeners may not know. We have a relationship with the Oblites of the Virgin Mary. Wonderful priests. Yeah. The first Thursday of each month, we have Mass, and more often than not, it's one of the Oblites of the Virgin Mary that come and say that Mass for us. So their founder was the Venerable Bruno Lentieri. I have a prayer here for their founder, but he's Venerable. He's waiting for a miracle to elevate him to beatified, to be beatified, which would make him blessed. Yep. And then, of course, another miracle, he would be a saint. So we're hoping that he'll get a miracle, and you and I need a miracle for a dear friend, yes, Chris, who's Christine, it's yep. a female, dear mm-hmm. friend of ours, who was recently diagnosed with a Lou Gehrig's disease, which there is no cure for, mm-hmm. AALS. Mm-hmm. She needs a miracle, and I'm asking us to pray to a venerable Bruno Lanteri, and, and ask the audience to join us in that prayer. I've been praying this every day specifically for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us have. I'd ask the audience to join in. So his prayer is, O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave venerable Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness of your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary, and by his very life, he taught fidelity to the church. Father, hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of the Venerable Lanteri, grant us the grace to which we ask, and that is the full and complete healing of our friend Christine. May he be raised to the altars, that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. Good way to open up the podcast is today we're going to talk about the rosary. We're going to be talking about this actually not just today, but our next episode as well. We assume that Catholics around the country and the world know all about the rosary or know all about the prayers that are affiliated with the rosary or other prayers. That's the beauty of this podcast that I know we've talked about in our first few episodes, but... We assume that folks know everything and know a lot of the prayers, and that's just not the case. Our calling has been to put this podcast out, to really break it down and talk about, keep it simple, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what we're going to do today. In the first episode, we're going to talk about the origins of the rosary, what it's about, what a powerful tool and a weapon it is. The rosary has been written about, Tom, in 90-plus letters from popes, right? Every one of our ladies' apparitions around the world, she always asks us and begs us to pray the rosary, Padre Pio used it as an amazing, I think he said it like 10 times a day or something, or I think he bilocated it and said it, said it many more. Five but, and five. And he called it our best weapon, and it really is. So we're going to break it down and talk about what the rosary is. First of all, how scriptural it is, right? The rosary is really three different types of prayers, Tom, right? I mean, it's it, again, it's very scriptural. It's not mindless repetition. It's a, it's a beautiful weapon that we have. It's broken down into vocal prayers, into meditative prayers, and really contemplative prayer, right? Which is our relationship and what God, how God speaks to our heart. Let's first talk about 
the origins of where the rosary came from. Sure. You mentioned, just before we do that, you mentioned this. Yeah. A, a lot of people aren't familiar with it, and right. particularly that group of people, say, 50 and younger. Those that are older may be a little more familiar with it because it was kind of common practice to pray it in the home. But after the Second Vatican Council, a lot of priests that wanted real deep change didn't get what they wanted. Huh. And yeah. the Vatican II did not change as much as they would have hoped that it changed. So what they used to do is they would just, and the people really didn't read the documents or didn't know what occurred. Mm. So, you know, these kind of radical priests would say, uh, well, in the spirit of Vatican II. Well, there is no spirit of Vatican II. You know, the spirit they're talking about, I don't know what kind of spirit it is, but maybe they should call an exorcist. <laughs> but one of the things that was done in some places, certainly not everywhere, you know, I've heard a number of people say that they remember their priests coming out, digging a hole, and throw your rosaries in there and bury the rosaries because that's old, passe, superstitious, you know. Really? And this, Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is in the spirit of Vatican II. Huh. Now, that happened enough. It's mm-hmm. not, and I'm not knocking Vatican II because right. Vatican II is beautiful. It did a lot of good the documents, read like scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, but if we stick to Vatican II and not this kind of in the spirit, you know, because anything can be in the spirit of Vatican II. And we've seen a lot of changes that came about that never should have and, and um, you know, and weren't, weren't part of Vatican II. Right, right. So I, I just... And misconceptions about Vatican II I, I, as well. Oh, no, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. I mean, they, they, you know, to read the, the documents, they're beautiful. And just to set this up a little bit more... Tom, you're a cradle Catholic. Mm-hmm. You're you're a Catholic, and you're also, I mean, a devout Catholic. In, a, in what I would, what we're calling our theologian of the group at our men's group that we have every Thursday night, at Sacred Heart in Quincy, Massachusetts, three eighty six Hancock Street. But I'm not a cradle Catholic. I was, I'm a delayed practicing Catholic, if you will. I was baptized first Holy Communion, then never walked back into a church again until I was 18 years old. And really, I didn't know any of these things. So. I've still, in the later in life, I'm just like so many of us out there, many that are listening right now may not pray the rosary or don't understand what the chaplet of Divine Mercy is, the Divine Mercy chaplet, or many other prayers. You know, that's the beauty about, as you said on a couple of episodes ago, the beautiful thing about being Catholic is that we just will never know everything. And it's a great journey to learn these things as we go. Well, I'm one of those guys. I'm a later um, delayed practicing Catholic. So from my perspective, it's an incredible tool in life. You've been a cradle Catholic all your life. Let's go bring it back to the origins of the rosary mm-hmm. and where it came from and, and take it from there. So I see just over there you have a Bible. And um, if we look at the Bible, you don't have to open it up to anything. I'm a Catholic uh, and I have a Bible. How, know, how crazy is that? That's great. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you picture two bookends and everything in between that is stories, the beginning of that comes with the story of a woman, Eve, right? Mm-hmm. And also a kind of a prophecy that I'll put enmity between you and the offspring of a woman. And that's not talking about Eve. That's talking about the mother of the Messiah. And then at the end of that book in Revelation, mm-hmm. again, we see this victorious queen. So honoring Our Lady... It's really standing by the bookends of of holy scripture. It's 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 completely and totally scriptural. 
and really the, the weapon to which the battle with Satan would be defeated is the Paschal mystery, which is the story of the God-man Jesus Christ. It's the sacred mystery of his life, death, and resurrection, and power to conquer evil and to set souls free, but without the Blessed Virgin Mary and her cooperation, that never would have happened. Mm. She had free will, and she said, be it done unto me according to your words. So by her cooperating with that grace, right. the Paschal Mystery is brought about. And that's one of the reasons, there's many, but that's right. one of the reasons that we honor her. Mm-hmm. I mean, another is Jesus honored her. Honor your mother and your father. So, And Jesus gave us... The angel of Gabriel. Mm. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Yeah, he greeted her, the angel. Hail Mary, full right. of grace. Right. The Lord is with thee. He's a messenger of God. Yeah. Scriptural. Absolutely. And when you think of that word, hail, in that time, mm-hmm. we really think more of Caesar. Hail Caesar. It was a salutation right. that you would give to a big shot, an honored person, a emperor, a king, a queen. The scriptures tell us this greeting troubled her because she was thinking, I'm just this lowly, kind of humble Jewish girl from this poor little town. Why is this angel saying, hail, addressing me right. as if I were a queen? She was a queen, but she didn't know it yet. Mm. You know, and Satan, Satan hates the queen because he knows that it's, it's through her that his enemy is born and will accomplish our salvation as a result. When we're, when we're praying Hail Mary, it's many Hail Marys. The Lord's Prayer, which is the words that Jesus told us how to pray, taught mm-hmm. us how to pray, mm-hmm. and a few others, but it's all very, very scriptural. Yeah. yeah. So if we look at how that all came about, yeah. you're 100% correct. There's the angelic salutation of hail full of grace, the Lord is with you. That's what it says um, in Luke chapter 1, verse mm-hmm. 28. And then... There's the evangelic salutation, which comes a little bit later on when Mary goes to Elizabeth and she says, you know, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And she, you know, who am I that the mother of my Lord would come to visit me? It wouldn't be till years later, and we'll go into this whole thing, that the intercessory portion of that, of that prayer came about. Unlike the Hail Mary, which kind of evolved over time, the other major prayer that's in the rosary is the Our Father. So those beads are divided up, you know, that's the ten Hail Marys, and then one Our Father. And the Our Father comes to us again right from Scripture, Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, and also Luke 11, 2 to 4. Yeah. And it's pretty much, it is verbatim what our Lord gave us to him. That's why it's the perfect prayer. Yeah, we asked him, he was asked, how, to, how do we pray, Lord, right? I mean, how do we pray? And this is what he gave us. Exactly, yeah. Again, now thinking of how the, the rosary had been formulated and the practice, it, it's, it's, it's amazing how God, how patient God is. <laughs> yeah. And how very often things evolve over a long period of time. And the rosary is one of those prayers that developed over a long period of time. In fact, the whole idea of meditation and prayer evolved slowly 
thousands of years, really, you know, hundreds of uh, hundreds of years, and then th- and really thousands of years before we have a, a perfected way of, of of meditating. Prayer beads is something that came about in the 13th uh, century. It became a Christian practice to pray in beads, and it really began as early as the third century to kind of keep track of the number of beads, and they actually would use pebbles. Paul of the desert would pray as many as 300 prayers a day, would keep track of it by using these little pebbles. Which you do as well. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually the church and its wisdom came up with an easiest, uh, easier uh, message, and that was to have these, uh, these beads. Now we have something called the Psalter, which the monks began to pray. And the Psalter were really the Psalms of David. There's 150 Psalms. And to this day, in monasteries throughout the world, over the course of an allotted period of time, the monks pray those psalms. They pray a certain amount of psalms right. each, each, each day. But throughout the year, they will have prayed all 150 of the psalms. So that is known as the Psalter. Lay people wanted to get into the act, but there were a couple of problems. They really they wanted to imitate the practice, but many of them were illiterate. They couldn't read the Psalms. They didn't know the Psalms by heart, although they may have known some of them. But they did know these scriptural references to Our Lady and the Our Father. So they would begin to pray these, what would eventually become the Rosary, but it was like the lay Psalter, imitation of what the monks were doing. And it was really St. Bernard of Clairvaux who really started to foster the Marian Marian devotion that kind of caught on like wildfire. People would get get into the habit of reciting these psalms in imitation of the of the psalter. We're just giving a, a brief overview of all this. Yeah, Father Donald Calloway has oh amazing done fantastic work. Another Steubenville boy, I might yeah, just of point out, and he was a couple of years behind me. I told my mother-in-law <laughs> I used to help him with his homework. She goes, "Did you really?" I said, "No," but it's a good story. So then, in the sixth century, the evangelic a salutation came to be kind of more well known, and that is what Mary's cousin Elizabeth said to her: "Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb." That's from Luke one verse forty-two. Those two were now combined. Mm. So you had hill full of grace; the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. You can see the prayer beginning to start to t- take shape. Yeah. When the Black Death occurred in the 14th century, the intercessory component of that was added to the prayer. Pray for us sinners and at the hour of our death. You see, almost, not quite, because there's more things that are going to be added. For instance, it was, so it was hail full of grace, and eventually it was a Franciscan that said, we should identify her as Hail Mary. You can see that it took quite a while, but that prayer is beginning to take form in a a way that we would recognize it. And it's funny, too, because you mentioned jokingly earlier, you know, I'm a Catholic, I have a Bible here. A Protestant would recognize those things as Scripture, a young Protestant, Mm -hmm. whereas a young Catholic might not necessarily identify them with the Scripture, but they would identify them as a prayer. They are both. You know, Scott Hahn, the great Scripture scholar who was a Protestant minister, always says Catholics know the Bible better 
and they think they know it. <laughs> right. They know what's in this book. They just can't quote verse. They don't and, know yeah. Yeah, scripture and Chapter verse, and verse but, yeah. but they do know it. The Our Father was come, came to us directly from the Lord, and it's verbatim. So it wasn't like the Hail Mary that kind of took on different components and was made up of, of various parts of, of the scripture, but was given to us directly from the Lord. But so while we're on the Hail Mary, while we're on that prayer, because it is the, it's the one that's said most, there's five decades plus three. And then, of course, traditions have folks saying the Hail Holy Queen in the end. But let's talk about the relationship between Jesus and his mother and why it's important to use her as an intercessor to her son. Let's talk about that a little bit, the mother-son relationship and why that's so important. Yeah. So sometimes, and I, I don't want to, I'm not, don't want to seem like I'm, I'm uh, bashing a Protestants, but no, uh, yeah, yeah. But there is our differences. You know, we honor her because Jesus honored her. He honored her because it's one of the Ten Commandments. Mm. He gave her to us all from the cross. St. John was there. He didn't say, behold, my mother. Mm. He said, John, behold, your mother. Mother, behold, your son. So he gave Our Lady to St. John and gave her to the church. And we know through church history that she was honored throughout. Mm. The apostles honored her and revered her. Um, Even the wedding of Cana. Yep, but absolutely, do whatever yeah. he tells you. Yeah. yeah. She had asked him, said, said that she was out of wine, tells her son that she's out of wine, and meanwhile he's got other things on his mind. He still does it. Yeah. She changes his mind. You know what always bothered me about that? Mm. And he says woman to her. Doesn't yeah. call her mom right. or Mary, but he calls her woman. And I thought, geez, that seems kind of disrespectful. <laughs> Again, that's a problem with, with putting things that were said then back yeah. in our time. You know, right, and, and right. Originally, I heard it explained as, oh, well, that was common practice. But not really. Adam, when he was created and the animals came forth that God had created, named all the animals, and then he wanted a partner. He named his partner woman. He didn't name her Eve. She doesn't take on the name Eve until after they sinned, until after they're expelled from the garden. So Jesus is giving us a foreshadowing from the cross as he calls her woman. He will be the new Adam. Remember, I make all things new. He will be the new Adam, and she will be the new Eve. God's plan was for humanity to be perfect. And God, through his son, makes all things new, and he restores through his son Jesus and his beloved lady that was chosen to be Jesus' mother. He restores perfection of humanity. Wow. Of humanity through that. Well, that's one reason. And, and St. Paul even asked us to pray for each other and intercede yeah. for each other. Right. That's mankind, saints, yeah. And Mary. And it can seem like sometimes, you know, oh, it's just repetitious prayer. And, you know, our Lord speaks out against repetitious prayer. It's really important to take things in their proper context. He was speaking particularly about groups of hypocrites, really, that used to stand on the street corner and say these kind of meaningless prayers just so people would look at them and say, oh, wow, look how holy they are. You know, that's what he was talking about. And we really misconstrue that. 
I mean, aren't we also, as, as human beings, repetitious in all that we do? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we see the further development of it, we, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful story of how it became known you know, as the rosary, which I'm taking things a little bit out of context, but it was a Franciscan seminarian who lamented because he used to bring roses to venerate a statue of Our Lady. He lamented when he went into the seminary that he could no longer get roses to bring to this uh, statue. And uh, she appeared to him and she said, say my Psalter, which is, which is what the rosary was originally called. And as he began to pray those Hail Marys, he could see a rose come out of his mouth and she would place it in a ring and each Hail Mary built another rose. And then in the Our Fathers, I believe it was a beautiful lily that appeared. So that's how the name Rosary came about. We could go on about this forever, and I think we'll bring it up more in the next episode, but I did want to talk about just how to praise the rosary, what some folks say may be repetitious prayer. A vocal prayer, it's also meditative prayer. Let's talk about that, those two things. So we're praying, say, 10 Hail Marys in a row. We're also concentrating on the life of Jesus, and right. that's what the mysteries are, because that's the other thing that's that we haven't discussed yet, but the rosary is made up of mysteries as well, right? There are... The Joyful Mysteries, The Sorrowful Mysteries, Glorious Mysteries, and The Luminous Mysteries. Thank you, Pope St. John Paul. That's what we're concentrating on. Each one of those mysteries represents a period in Jesus' life. It's that combination of honoring Our Lady by saying the Our Father, both of those things, totally in, uh, from Scripture. Other than that intercessory part of the Hail Mary, that's an add-on, but it, you know, it doesn't, it's simply what you just said, asking for intercession. And then we focus on those events that occurred in our Lord's life, right? So we have the yes. joyful mysteries, the Annunciation, the Visitation. The Nativity. Yeah, the Nativity, yeah. exactly. Presentation of the temple and the findings you know, in the temple. These the are events for us to call to mind. And beautiful events, while we're saying 10 Hail Marys, each one of those fits under one of the five decades, right? So while we're praying 10 Hail Marys, we're also thinking of the Annunciation. We're thinking of the visitation. We're thinking of when they first find Jesus in the temple as a child. We're meditating on that while we're saying these prayers. I love the Sorrowful Mysteries because we can really focus on the passion of Christ. And it's just so powerful and just so dramatic. And and I find it extremely moving. And I find the Holy Spirit fills me. And mm. I think that's that contemplative part, right? Absolutely. It's a deep contemplative prayer. It's a yeah. deep experience of meditating on scriptures, and the reservoir of treasures of Catholicism. Yeah, very scriptural. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about those. First, the joyful mysteries. So the joyful mysteries are? The Annunciation, yep. the Visitation, the Birth of Our Lord, the Presentation. presentation yeah, at the Temple. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, you know, and the Presentation has that beautiful with, with Simeon saying to Our Lady, a sword shall pierce your heart. He's, he's predicting Christ would be a sign of contradiction and that there would be a passion. And I think that this is what we'll talk about a little bit more next week, because I really love Tom last week while we were saying the rosary. Uh, in between each one of the decades, we discussed the mysteries, and we focused on the sorrowful mysteries, which are the agony in the garden, the scourging at the pillar, the crowning of thorns, the carrying of the cross, and the crucifixion. Now, in between each one of those decades, we say on our Father, and you've re you reflected just from your 
heart and mind on, on the thoughts of each one of them. And I thought it was beautiful. I'd like to dig into those next week. And there are also the, the glorious mysteries, which is the resurrection, the ascension, uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and of course, the coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the luminous mysteries that were given to us by Pope St. John Paul, the baptism of Jesus, the wedding of Cana, the proclamation of the kingdom of God in all, and the call to conversion, the transfiguration, and the institution of the Eucharist. That's the four mysteries that we focus on. Basically, they're all on the, on the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll talk about more is about the mysteries next week. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the power of the rosary and why it's so important. It's the perfect prayer. Absolutely. Close us and why is it the perfect prayer? Well, again, I mean, it's just a combination of everything, tradition, scripture. It's the words, absolute verbatim of our Lord and the Our Father. It's, it's meditating on the mysteries. It's asking for the graces we give and we get. It is the perfect prayer. So with that, let's close with a prayer. And uh, we'll come back next week with more on the rosary, more of the origins of the rosary, the power of the rosary, and the mysteries of the rosary, along with other prayers that we haven't mentioned today. Glory be, the Hail Holy Queen. We'll talk about that next week. Absolutely. Here on Men of Divine Mercy, Tom closes with a prayer. Pray the Hail Mary, seeing we've been talking about it so much today. Let's do that. Let's In the do name that. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. That's a good way to end the podcast. We'll see you next time on Men of Divine Mercy Podcast. Mm-hmm.